Jordan got his first real guitar and started a band with his neighbors. He played with different variations of the band through his teen years, gaining traction and many superfans. At age 21, Jordan left the band to pursue his own musical career, which was more true to his spirit. In 2011, Jordan hurt his hand fairly badly and would push him into a deep depression. He would eventually find solace in Eastern philosophy and Hindustani music, which would later influence his evolution as a musician. This was also when Jordan started to play the sitar. Since that time, Jordan's hand has healed and he's been working hard on a new solo album, which is slated for release in spring of 2019. My guest in studio today, Jordan Paul. Thanks for having me. You grew up in a small town. I did, yes. And it's called Athens now, but it was called something different before. It used to be called Farmersville. It's a, it's a town of mostly farms. Farmersville. Yes, less than a thousand people, one street that was called Main Street, ironically enough. God. And that was where all the shops were, the local grocery, the gas station, etc. So what was it like in your community, in your household, wanting to pursue music as a career? Was that received well? I think it was received fairly well, but maybe people around me weren't really equipped with the tools to navigate the music world and things like that, or even were aware of how one might go about pursuing music. So it was a bit difficult, but my parents were actually quite supportive of my music. I was the only person that I really knew of in town, especially around my age, that was actually playing music. And I had a neighbor who played a bit of guitar, but that was about it. So what was that initial appeal about music? I'm not sure what it was, but I... I would hear people play, and especially my parents' friend, Jimmy. He's, he's since passed away, but he was an older man, and he played country and western music. And I developed a really great relationship with him and his wife, Joan. Jimmy would bring out his nylon string acoustic, and he'd play lots of old country and western songs from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And I was just mesmerized by somebody playing the guitar and singing in front of me. And I think that really made me want a guitar. Mm. And when I heard music, I was just so moved by it that I felt this is what I have to do. So you, you knew that at that young of an age? I think so, yeah. I, I wanted to be a writer ultimately, and I thought, you know, writing songs would be a way to also include that discipline and yet make music and make people feel as well through sound. Yeah. And so... Take me back to this 12-year-old, you guys are 12, and you, you were playing an instrument at that time? I was playing guitar at that point, so playing you, piano as well, but mostly I was into rock music a lot, so I loved the electric guitar. Got it. And then the lead singer disappears on a camping trip. Yeah, he's nowhere to be found, didn't tell us we were camping. He knew the show was booked. It was, it was our debut. <laughs> And all of a sudden, so did you guys contemplate like canceling the show? It was too late. We were already at, at the venue waiting for him to arrive. We'd loaded in all of our gear. Everyone was there. 
So we were kind of past the point of no return by then. I was shaking. I remember I was shaking while I was doing it, but I had played the song so many times and I knew them inside and out. So that part of it, it felt like I was in a bit of a flow state and I was able to actually present the songs well, but inside I was just shaking. And when did that shift? After years of doing it, I think. Okay, so at the end of your set, how did you feel? Kind of embarrassed, but also very, very, uh, I don't know, a huge adrenaline rush. Very excited and nervous. All those things jumbled into one feeling. So then you became the lead singer of this this 12-year-old. By default. Yeah, yeah amazing, yes. amazing. A couple people from school... Uh, their comment on the show was, oh, your band's great, but you're a terrible singer. Wow. <laughs> had a couple people tell me that. And then a guy that we actually looked up to, who was quite a well-known musician in the area, told me, oh, you actually sound really good. I think you should be the lead singer. And that's what sort of gave me the... So the, that, that one individual didn't say anything to you, that fairly well-known musician. Would you have continued to pursue it? I think we would have found another singer. Wow. And then perhaps I wouldn't have kept up with music. Who knows? That's crazy because that would be a tragedy. One person saying one thing could have completely changed the course of your life and you wouldn't be here with me and I would be doing something else with someone else maybe. You never know, yeah. Yeah. How would you describe your music now? I think it's a mix of the spiritual and the emotional and the physical. I think it's all those things together. I... I'm just trying to bring people together and spread as much love as I possibly can. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dive into that a little deeper for me. What do you mean? That's, music is kind of one of those things, and I'm sure most art disciplines are, where you know, your internal meets the external. And especially because music and playing an instrument is a very physical thing where you're involving your body. It's taking that emotion inside of you and turning it into something visceral. And music to me is a very spiritual act as well. It's a form of meditation. So I think it's tying all those things together and bringing it into the physical realm. Where do those emotions come from for you? It's always different. It's daily experience. It's family. It's death, love, loss, heartbreak. Does it ever come from something outside of you? Sometimes I feel a bit like a passenger on the on the train or something, you know, and you're just kind of picking up this thing and it comes in and it goes out, goes somewhere else, wherever it is. A few of my songs, like especially Rain, have come to me almost fully fledged and it's, you know, it feels a little weird. Yeah. It feels authentic, but it does feel a little strange sometimes. You're kind of wondering, where did that come from? Where did it come from? I'm not sure. Perhaps years of emotions and all those things. Have any of your songs been based on somebody else's experiences or are they all like your life experiences? Sometimes they are based on other people's experiences or perhaps people I even run into on the street. Sometimes I'll create a story about them. I actually came upon a guy in a cafe and he was just very interesting and I he was reading Lucifer Rising, this uh, Anton LaVey book on Satanism and I actually ended up crafting a whole song about this guy and why I was reading the book in the cafe that day. That's cool. How how many songs do you do something like that for? It's sort of sporadic. I don't know if I have a number. I've written hundreds of songs. It's just sometimes they'll come from those exterior experiences. It's less 
it's less likely. I want to shift gears a little bit and dive into um, your creative process. Do you have one? I think I do. Often I'll start with the guitar or the piano, and I might be not fully engaged in the act. I might have the TV or a podcast or something running in the background, and I'm not really listening to that. I'm not really playing. But sometimes, you know, your fingers just find something and then you get a feeling, wow, okay, there's something there. And then you might start to flesh that out and so on and so forth. Often that's how it comes for me. I might just be on the couch with the guitar and find something that resonates with me. Yet other times it might be a phrase that I heard someone say or something I read in the newspaper. And for whatever reason, that sparks something in there and a song comes out. Are you are you recording these somewhere? Like I've always got some sort of notebook. Jordan says as, as he yeah. has a notebook in his hand <laughs> right now. I've been adapting, though, to the present a little bit, becoming a bit less of a ludite because I've been using my phone a lot and doing voice memos. So you might catch me walking down the street humming something like a crazy person into my, into my phone I do. or on the bus singing into my phone. Does structure play any part in your uh, creative process? I don't believe so. And sometimes I think that totally uprooting that structure and my situation can bring about another realm of creativity or perhaps more depth. So sometimes I find the best ideas come to me, you know, when I haven't slept in two days and I'm just kind of in my room going, oh, wow. For instance, I wrote Rain in a Cabin in Roseneath, I had rented a cabin from these people and they ran a fishing lodge and I was there during the off season. It was very cold and the heat wasn't working in the cabin. So I used the oven to heat the cabin. I turned the oven as hot as I could and opened the door <laughs> and I had I'd rented a bunch of recording gear from Long and McQuaid with the hopes of recording this brand new song. And I was so excited to finally do it. I get there. None of the gear works. The interface was broken, so I couldn't do any recording. And I'm sitting there, it's freezing, and it's raining and pouring. And that's just when that song came to me. And it was, I didn't have anything available to me at the time. That's the origins of rain. I love that song so much. Well, thank you. How do you know a song or the song making process is going well? I think when the song finishes itself or feels like it finishes itself, it's it's not quite so... You're not working against it. You're working with it. And there tends to be a little bit of a flow, a workflow. Things just sort of tend to come together when it's working well. Another thing is, if I come up with the initial idea, I might write that down. But when I actually flesh it out into a song, if I don't remember it, then I figure it's not good enough anyways. Often, when I write a song... It's there in my memory, and then I know, okay, that one's good enough. And so that's how you know how a song is done, too, when it just naturally ends? I don't know if I would call any of my songs done. I feel like they just kind of go in and keep on going. You ever feel that? I I find sometimes when I listen to a record, I imagine the song coming in, and then it goes somewhere else. It doesn't necessarily end. It just leaves. It continues on its journey. So it's, it's, it's a living organism for you. I like to think, I like to think that way. I have a hard time, quote-unquote, finishing songs, so I find I have to give myself a time limit. And that was one of the things with my new record. The reason I went to a cabin in BC was because I felt like I had to put a time limit on it. I had to put some sort of restrictions on myself in terms of 
what I could use and what I couldn't. I didn't want to be sitting in front of a computer where you can record endlessly. As much memory as you have on your computer, you can keep doing takes and strive for perfection. And I didn't want any of that. So flip side, what is the most stifling thing to your creative process? Sometimes I feel like I just get met with a dead end and it feels like the song isn't speaking to me anymore. And if I'm not getting a feeling from it, then perhaps it's not living in the right place. Perhaps it's not my song. Are you at a place right now where you're able to talk about this new album? Absolutely. Tell me about it. So it's 11 songs at the moment that were recorded over the month of April in Maple Ridge, BC, which is sort of part of the interior mainland of British Columbia. I stayed sort of near Golden Ears National Park. This guy, Jonathan Anderson, he's got a studio called Protection Island. Really beautiful. He's got a cabin right there on site. And him and I just got together. We played all the instruments and spent about 13 days, full days in the studio. And then I spent my weekends hiking up the mountain and getting lost and trying not to think about music at all. And we came out with a really great product. And now we're just working on mixing that. I'm really excited about it. So 13 days, 11 songs. Mm -hmm. Beautiful cabin in BC. Absolutely. Tell me about this album. What does it mean? to you in your life at this point? For me, it's sort of a culmination of everything I've been working on since I became a musician. And these, I feel, are songs that I've had for a long time, many of them. Some of them are over 10 years old, actually. A couple of the songs on the album. And I feel like I just had to get them out there, finish something, and then move on. I feel like uh, these songs have a special place to me. And I think finally I'm ready for people to hear them. And so what what could people expect from this album? Well, it's definitely an outpouring of my heart. And I hope that people can get something out of it, whether that's soulless like I've gotten from other people's songs or perhaps some sort of therapeutic benefit. I just hope that people can feel the love that I'm trying to to spread. And I hope that it brings people together. You mentioned um, a couple of times spirituality is a is a key part of you and your music. Um, process. Would you say you have a spiritual practice that you follow? I don't particularly have a set practice or anything, and I feel like all things can be spiritual. Actually, there's a Tibetan word, I believe it's gam, and the word sort of encapsulates the idea that everything that you're fully invested in or involved in is a form of meditation, no matter what it may be. And I feel like music is very, very close to me spiritually. And it's just a matter of looking deep inside myself and how I connect with the spiritual and bringing that outwards. So it's, it sounds like music is uh, it's a great way to bring people together. But also making music sometimes requires us to... Um, leave the surface and go deep into our own hearts often yes what is the significance of that dive into yourself to you as an artist i think it's significant to look deep within myself in order to find out who i really am and who we all are as a result to be honest i think that really connecting with your vulnerability and your emotionality 
and the humanness inside of you is what causes other people to feel connected to you and to react to your art and to feel loved and understood. So what have you found about yourself on that journey? Well, I found that I'm extremely emotional. I know that. Quite sensitive. But I, I really just love everyone. And that's the biggest thing is that I think we all love each other and we all want to be connected. But so many of us are fearful of that. I could see the sincerity in your eyes as you said that. I want to play devil's advocate a little bit. It could be a dark world out there. Extremely, yeah. Yeah, so how do you protect yourself? when you have this open and optimistic perspective and heart from the the shadow and the dark in the world? I don't know if I protect myself from it very well. I think I'm quite susceptible to it at times. You know, I've dealt with a lot of depression and often outwardly that can come out as fear or anger, sometimes sadness. So I've dealt with my fair share of that and I haven't always been the most chipper or nice person because of that what lesson has taken you the longest to learn one of the lessons that i feel i really need to learn is just to love myself and all parts of myself my my negative parts and my positive traits as well all those attributes are lovable and it's not easy to love the dark side of yourself and to love your mistakes but i think it's something that has to be done in order to free yourself of them does that dark side ever, is it ever productive as a musical artist? Absolutely. I think a lot of my music comes from that part of myself. What advice would you give other artists? Like what is the most important thing for an artist to consider as they're diving into this world of creation? To be completely open and vulnerable as you possibly can and honest with yourself and your truth. And don't be afraid to show who you are. How do you know when it's your truth? Like, it can be really confusing. It can be. And I think, I think sometimes we even have opposing truths. And that's kind of the irony of the material realm. Sometimes I feel like me as a musician just feels like a shirt I'm wearing that I could take off. And, you know, I don't have to be Jordan Paul the musician. Sometimes I'm Jordan Paul the gardener or Jordan Paul the cook. And I feel more at home doing that at times than I do playing music. So... It's conflicting. What is an artist to you? Well, I read this this book, and it was actually about comics. It was a, it was an interesting book that a friend shared with me. I can't remember what the author's name was, but they said that art is everything beyond survival. So everything that you don't do for survival can be interpreted as art. And I think that's quite true. Everything past needing nourishment or fight or flight I think can be art because we we bring art into every single thing we do as humans. I like that a lot. I'm feeling inspired if you're down to maybe pull out that guitar. Absolutely. Yeah? Okay, let's do it. Is there anything you want to hear in particular? How about Emerald Glass? Your tears away There are no monsters in your room The blood will dry and heal soon I 
magic from my dad And I'll give it to you Fucking amazing. Well, thank you very much. Is is that one of the songs that's based on your real life? Now that that one is actually written with my partner at the time when we created the song. And I think we both sort of told a story that may not be true to us in the literal sense, but I think the emotion is very true and we were looking at, you know, our own relationships with our family and our parents and that's where that song came from. I'm trying to tell someone else's story. I've got a couple more questions, so why don't we jump in to the the rapid fire? We're almost at the end of the podcast. Great. I'm going to say the beginning of a sentence, and you're going to not think too much about it. Just see what naturally comes out. Ready? Mm-hmm. Feelings are... Everything. I believe. I believe. You believe you believe. Okay, cool. I like it. My secret weapon as an artist is... My emotionality and my sensitivity. 
That's why feelings are everything. When I grow up. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll be a gardener. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Humanity's greatest gift. Love. Humanity's greatest challenge. Separation. Humanity's greatest wound. Our fear. If you really knew me, you'd know. I love you. Incredible. Thank you, Jordan, so much for your time. I really enjoyed diving deep with you and just having some space and time together. And uh, also enjoyed having fruit before the podcast and having you curate some music for us. And you guys can catch Jordan online at jordanpaul.ca. Get his album. It's coming out next spring. Yeah, it'll be out next spring with with any luck. So keep an eye out for that. I've got a mailing list you can sign up for. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that crazy stuff, at Jordan Paul Music. Brilliant. That's all the time we have, folks. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to the Create Therefore podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you. Bingo, bingo.